Magic mirror on the wall, who's the most superstitious one of all? Famed is thy belief in talismans and luck, your majesties. But hold, there may be another with an even stronger faith in these mystical rituals. Because this is Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast, and I'll be your omniscient talking mirror for the day, Alastair Murden. It's time to dive into the looking glass and examine the peculiar beliefs, practices, and trinkets that keep our fears at bay. Unlike some of the obscure superstitions we've explored on the show, Scottish kale, yo-yos, NASA pre-flight rituals, today we're reflecting on an item that most of us encounter every day. Mirrors. Those shiny surfaces we see in our homes, at work, and at the gym may seem ordinary to us now, but they weren't for our ancestors. Ancient Romans took their mirrors so seriously, they're said to have believed that if you broke one, you were punished with bad luck. And not just an isolated incidence of bad luck. Instead, they believed you'd incur a string of misfortune lasting for seven whole years. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a personal trainer learns there's one thing he can't lift. A curse of bad luck. 5am wake-up call. A creatine protein shake that tasted like chalk. Tight, tight compression leggings. Home gym in the garage and the smell of metal machines, cast iron weights and sweat. Rodney's morning routine was... heaven. He took a deep breath, standing in front of an old mirror leaned up against the wall. He flexed his large biceps. His veins were pulsing. I am in control of my body, my life, my destiny. I am in control of my body, my life, my destiny. Rodney roared, turning to the center of the garage. There, his pride and joy waited for him. A Frankenstein-like exercise system he had cobbled together from an elliptical machine, bench press, and squat rack. He called it the Rod Bod X, and he'd been tinkering with it for two years. He hoped it would catapult him to stardom like his heroes, Joe Weeder, Suzanne Summers, and whoever invented that darn Peloton bike. Rodney had been in excellent shape for years, but it wasn't always that way. In his youth, he was a fat kid and heavily bullied. In grade school, the mean kids had chased him around chanting tubby and lardball. In high school, it was even more painful. They stopped calling him names, but did something even worse. Ignored him completely. It wasn't until he discovered the gym and working out that he felt like someone. Now, he just had to prove to the world he was someone. He was convinced the Rod Bod X would do it, and it was almost ready to unveil to the world with his arms as the demo. He just needed to test it again. So, he stripped off his shirt and got to work, lifting, squatting, and riding. And all 
at once, in full control of his body. After his workout, he stepped onto a digital scale. 160 pounds, 3% body fat. Perfect, Rodney thought. The Rod Bond X was a statistical success. It had helped him maintain his impeccable physique for over a year. While he toweled the sweat off his body, he noticed his neighbor in her driveway. He waved to her from the open garage door. Yo, Francine, my machine is ready. Come check it out. It's dope. Francine rolled her eyes. I'll stick to my walks, thank you. They've been working for me for years. That only fired Rodney up even more. He'd seen Francine walk by day in and day out, and her body never got any slimmer. You control your life, Francine. Francine walked away, and Rodney sighed. Some people didn't get his enthusiasm for working out. But he wasn't going to let that get him down. He was in control of his feelings. All that mattered was unveiling the Rod Bod X to his boss, one of the most influential gym owners in the country. If she liked it and bought a few, it would change his life. He would no longer be just a personal trainer. He'd have a brand, a legacy. He'd be able to prove all the haters wrong. Later that morning, Rodney headed to his mecca, work. Others might have thought his obsession with a gym job was a bit strange. To call his place of employment a gym would be like calling the Vatican a church. To him, the gym was a gleaming temple of high-tech fitness machines, saunas, yoga classrooms, and luxury locker rooms scented with eucalyptus. Everywhere, bodies sweated, lifted, stretched, and contorted. And with the Rod Bod X, it would be even better. Rodney arrived, ready to pitch it, and found his boss, Hannah, in the Group X room. Hannah was 50 on top, but 20 on the bottom. Graying hair, but a body honed by years of yoga. He'd expected her to be stretching when he walked in, but instead, she was standing behind a team of workers supervising the installation of a giant floor-to-ceiling mirror. Rodney strolled over. What was wrong with the old mirror? It made my deltoids really pop. Hannah smiled at him, charmed by him as always. Even though he was over the top, he was one of her best trainers, and he knew it. It's not just any mirror, she said. It's a prototype for an advanced personal coaching system, and it's going to change my gym for the better. Hannah then introduced Rodney to the machine's inventor, a young man named Blake. He was barely 19, with messy hair and a face full of pimples. He held his hand out for a shake, and Rodney took it. He had chicken bones for fingers. Blake gestured grandly to the mirror. I call it the reflect, but with no vowels. He scanned Rodney's face condescendingly. That's R-F-L-C-T? Rodney nodded. Yeah, I got it, bro. No vowels. How creative. Apparently, people liked the name, though, since Blake had already secured millions of dollars in venture capital funding. The pimply kid beckoned Rodney over. Why not give it a test? Rodney scowled. Dude, I'm already in perfect shape. What's it going to do for me? 
He was about to step away when Hannah shot him a disapproving look. Go ahead, Rod. What are you afraid of? Rodney realized he'd better keep Hannah happy. He needed as much goodwill as possible if he planned to unveil his own creation. So he swallowed hard and stepped over. Fine, he said in a huff. He'd expected just another kind of AI trainer on the screen, but as he approached the polished glass surface, his reflection came to life and moved independently of him. Welcome, new user, his image said. I will help you achieve your wildest dreams of fitness. Rodney stepped back, his mouth agape. That's... that's me, he stuttered. Rodney's reflection glitched for a moment, so Blake tapped a few things into the keyboard with all the confidence of an experienced inventor. Then it returned. Good morning, Rodney. Are you ready to get rid of those love handles? Let's start with some squats. Ready? One, two. Rodney looked at Blake and Hannah, confused. <laughs> Must be broken, because my body is shredded. Blake rolled his eyes and explained that the mirror was calibrated for average gym members, not trainers such as himself. But Rodney barely waited for him to finish. He needed to talk to Hannah, he said, in private. When they were out of earshot, Rodney turned to her, concerned. Boss, I thought you were going to check out my machine. Hannah placed a reassuring hand on his arm. Rod, this doesn't take the place of yours. It serves a totally different purpose. Why don't you bring it in after your classes? I'll check it out then. Rodney sighed, relieved, then could barely contain his excitement. He wanted to rush home and box up the Rodbod X, but he had work to do, members to whip into shape and classes to teach. He was the gym's best trainer after all, not some stupid mirror. For the rest of the day, Rodney avoided the mirror, oftentimes walking the long way around the back of his classes. He tried to shrug off what it had said about his body. It's just a stupid mirror, he told himself. Forget about it. But he couldn't get the voice out of his head. It bothered him all day. It made him so self-conscious, he second-guessed unveiling the Rodbod X to Hannah. If he had gained a few pounds, how would that reflect on the machine? After his classes, he sped home, drank another protein shake, and worked out even more. When he was done, he stepped onto his scale. 160 pounds. 3% body fat. Thank God, he thought. That mirror doesn't know anything. His confidence returned, both in himself and his machine. He'd take it to Hannah first thing in the morning. Except, Rodney's inner strength was short-lived. That night, the words of the mirror played over and over in his head. Don't be disheartened by those love handles. Let's shed those extra pounds. It stung, reminding him of the bullies. Now, all the years of self-improvement and sacrifice seemed to be erased by that darn mirror. For hours, Rodney tossed and turned in bed. That stupid mirror. He wasn't fat. He had no love handles, he kept thinking. Then, in the wee hours of the morning, he couldn't take it anymore. 
he kicked off the sheets, pulled on some shorts and grabbed his car keys. He knew he had to confront the mirror. He was no longer the young kid who ran away from bullies. He didn't know what he would say to it, but he was sure something would come to him. So just before 2am, he jumped in his car and mashed his foot on the gas pedal. Rodney arrived at the dead quiet gym, swiped his ID badge and hurried to the group X room. It was dark, lit only by the crimson glow of an exit sign. Even the mirror seemed like it was sleeping. Rodney felt silly for having raced back to the gym in the middle of the night. I'm such a fool, he thought. It's just a dumb mirror. He turned to head back home, but suddenly he heard his own voice behind him. I knew you'd come back, it said. Rodney turned and saw his reflection grinning at him. Rodney scowled at it. I was just leaving. His mirror image smiled back all good-naturedly. Don't leave. With my expert techniques, those pounds will melt away. Rodney pointed at his reflection. Shut up. You're just a machine. The mirror continued undeterred. Jealousy doesn't suit you, Rodney. Besides, I bet you're building your own workout device at home. Rodney nearly choked. How did you know about that? His reflection smirked. I know a lot about you. I am you. Rodney peered around the classroom. Was someone playing a joke on him? Was this all in his imagination? The reflection clapped his hands together. Now that I have your attention, how about we get that body in shape? Rodney marched over to the mirror and yanked his shirt up. I am in shape, bro. Do you see this? My body is perfect. The mirror winked at him playfully. Not yet. You need me, Rodney. Rodney couldn't take it anymore. He seethed with rage and cocked his arm back, then punched with all his strength. The mirror shattered and his reflection was now cracked and distorted. You'll be perfect the machine stuttered. Glass cascaded down around him. His hand was bleeding. There was a security camera in the corner, he noticed. He turned and ran. When Rodney woke the next morning, the previous night felt like a dream. No, a nightmare. Maybe it was all in his head, he wondered. But then he looked at his hands. They were crusted in blood and glass. His palms grew sweaty. His heart drummed in his chest, causing him to breathe harder than he did in even the toughest workouts. He had to get to the gym, clean it up, or straighten things out with Hannah. If he was lucky, she hadn't noticed yet. But when Rodney arrived, Hannah grabbed his arm and escorted him to her office. What happened last night? She demanded. Rodney hid his bloody knuckles behind his back. Well, I went home and, um, sort of lost track after that. Hannah shook her head and told him she knew exactly what happened. She angled her computer monitor toward him and hit play. 
On the screen was a surveillance video of the classroom. Rodney watched himself scream at the mirror and then punch it. Rodney rested his head in his hands. I'm... I'm sorry, Hannah. I don't know what came over me. Hannah reminded him that the gym had a strict policy about violence and the destruction of equipment. Rodney nodded sheepishly. It'll never happen again. I'll make it up to you, I promise. When you see the machine I built, you'll forget all about this. Hannah looked at him with pity. Sorry, Rod. I can't. Not after this. Rodney's jaw dropped open in shock. What? Why? Hannah averted her eyes. I need you to clean out your locker. You're fired. Coming up, the bad luck begins. The most urgent mysteries in the world are missing persons cases. The stakes are too high not to pursue every plausible possibility, and some implausible ones too. I'm Sarah Turney, host of the new podcast, Disappearances. In 2020, after spending years searching for the truth, I used social media to help bring justice to my sister Alyssa's nearly two decades long disappearance. Now, every Thursday on Spotify, I'm exploring the many reasons people disappear and the impact their absences can have on those left behind. From child abductions and mystifying murders to those who took drastic measures to start over, each episode of Disappearances journeys through a different high-profile missing persons case, ripped from the headlines and ripe for explanation. Because no one just vanishes into thin air. The answers are out there, waiting to be found. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Disappearances. Hear a new episode every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Rodney sat dazed in his boss's office. You're firing me? He asked. Hannah explained he was lucky he wasn't going to jail. She had to convince the mirror's inventor not to press charges. She gestured to a nearby seating area. Rodney looked through the glass walls and saw the smug, pimpled kid who had developed the reflect workout system. Blake, Rodney hissed. He did this to me. Rodney stormed out of Hannah's office, his fists clenched in front of him and charged at Blake. Before Rodney could grab the kid, though, security surrounded him. Rodney raised his hands in the air, surrendering, but still boiling with rage. He did this! He programmed the mirror to embarrass me! Rodney's pleas fell on deaf ears. Hannah ordered security to escort him out of the gym, but as Rodney left, he leveled a finger at Blake. I won't forget this. But Blake did nothing and Rodney couldn't do anything. A crowd had gathered to watch the drama. He turned to Hannah. Don't you worry. This is just a momentary setback. I'll show you all. 
I'll sell the Rodbod X, and you'll be begging for me to come back. I'm in control of my life, not you! He yelled as he walked outside and right into a lamppost. Holy f- He yelled, clutching his shoulder. He'd hit it so hard, a ligament twinged and a bruise was already forming. He'd never been this clumsy before, but he had to shake it off, get a new job. He still had his reputation as a trainer. Just then, his phone buzzed. It was a message from a friend with a link to a video. When Rodney opened it, he was shocked to see it was the security camera footage from the gym. Someone must have leaked it. Except now Rodney's confrontation with his reflection was remixed to Justin Timberlake's classic, Mirrors. That's just great, Rodney thought. Now he was a meme, a joke. Still, Rodney pushed on. After all, only he was in control of his body, his life. He sent his resume to every gym in town. He applied to any available job in the fitness industry, even as a towel boy. After a week, only one gym called him for an interview. He was disappointed, of course, but at least it was one, and he was in control of how it would go. So before he went in, Rodney made sure he looked perfect. His hair was freshly cut and styled. He wore his dressiest workout gear, his biceps at the ready. But when the gym owner saw him in person, inevitably, there was a look of recognition. Was he the workout mirror guy? And he wasn't hired. But no matter, he still had his Rod Bod X. Maybe he'd take it across town to Hannah's main competitor. They were always looking for new machines too, especially if he could prove how well it worked. So he called the gym and set an appointment for the following week. In the meantime, he just had to get his body even more perfect. He started by heading to the local health store to pick up more of his protein powder. He'd double up. But when he got there, he found the shelf empty. That was strange. They were never out of stock. But then, a thought smacked Rodney like a shot of ephedrine. Blake, he must have bought them out just to mess with me. Rodney sprinted out of the store and raced back home. Without his protein shakes, he'd still be able to look ripped, but he'd have to work out even harder. He burst into the garage gym, strapped himself into the Rod Bod X and selected the highest weight. But after several reps, his shoulder fatigued. He could feel the muscle where he'd hit the lamppost throbbing with pain. I am above my pain. I am above my pain, he repeated to himself, pushing through. He'd lifted this much before. One stupid bump shouldn't have weakened him forever. He took one hard, hard pull, roaring with all his might. The handle slipped. The entire stack of weights crashed down with a sickening crunch. My machine! On closer inspection, Rodney saw that the weights had landed on a support beam and pancaked it. He'd need to disassemble the whole structure to weld in a new piece. It might take days, and he'd definitely miss his appointment at the gym. But he could fix it, and instead take it to one of the 
biggest fitness trade shows in the country. Weeks later, Rodney arrived at the biggest spectacle he had ever seen. There were display booths for every workout product he could imagine. Rodney's body buzzed with excitement, like the first time he ever wandered into a hard-body gym realizing his destiny. This was the culmination of all those years. He felt ready, feeling like his whole life was about to change. It was only a matter of time before the Rod Bod X was in every national fitness chain, every home gym, every suburban basement. It would upend everything, and he'd be able to put the mirror fiasco behind him. He'd finally prove the grade school bullies wrong and be the biggest name in the country. His display was going to be a huge hit. And it was. Because the morning of the first day, a crowd of people lined up at the booth. Except they weren't there to learn about the Rod Bod X. They only wanted to snap selfies with Rodney. They urged him to recreate the surveillance video by lifting up his shirt. My body is perfect, they yelled as they took photos. Come on, bro. Don't you want to hear about my machine? He asked them. But most didn't even look. On the final day, Rodney boxed up the machine and carted it home. He dragged it into the garage and left it unassembled in the middle of the floor. He didn't want to ever see it again. After that, things went downhill for Rodney. He stopped working out. For a while, he continued to step on the scale in the morning, but its information became bleaker and bleaker. 170 pounds, 8% body fat. 192 pounds, 12% body fat. 212 pounds, 18% body fat. And it kept going up. Eventually, Rodney stopped weighing himself. He stopped caring about his body altogether. He even removed the mirrors in his house so he wouldn't have to look at himself. Instead, he watched television and began ordering tchotchkes off the internet. Years passed. Seven, to be specific. The isolation gave Rodney plenty of time to obsess about what had happened. His mind replayed the events over and over. That infernal workout mirror, his reflection that mocked his body, and the fateful night he confronted it with his fist. He became convinced that there was a conspiracy behind the whole series of events, and it was all perpetrated by one person. Blake. The pimply kid must have known about the Rod Bod X. He had introduced the mirror at the exact moment to destroy his life. For a while, it was just a crazed belief in Rodney's head. He didn't plan to do anything about it. He had settled into a comfortable routine at home. Besides, he didn't know where to find Blake. But then, one night, he flipped through the television channels and noticed an infomercial for the Reflect Mirror workout system. More importantly, he saw his nemesis, now tanner, fitter, and more confident, extolling the virtues of the shiny device. 
The commercial transported Rodney back to that fateful day in the gym. His cheeks burned with embarrassment, recalling how the mirror taunted him. When I'm done with you, you'll be perfect. He shuddered, thinking about it. That was the moment his whole life derailed. If only he could regain control. And then it hit him. He could get it back. But he'd need some info first. Rodney flipped open his laptop and searched through paparazzi websites, and then he found what he was looking for. He located Blake's home address. It was just across town in a wealthy, secluded neighborhood. Rodney jumped in his car and drove as fast as he could to a gaudy, ornate mansion, one that looked impenetrable. It was protected by a towering security wall and gate. He could try to climb it, but he knew how out of shape he was. Instead, he'd just have to get lucky. At around 2 a.m., a luxury SUV arrived and the gate opened. Rodney got out of his car and ran for it. At least, he tried to run. It was the first time he had exerted himself in years. His legs felt stiff and heavy, like he was trudging through peanut butter. He used to jog seven miles with no problem, but now the short distance to the security gate seemed impossible. He realized it was closing, and he wasn't going to make it. He pushed his body faster, faster, grimacing through the pain. Then, just as the heavy iron bars were about to close, he threw his body into the gap. Rodney braced for it to squash him, but he made it. He had just slipped through. Though his elation was short-lived, he fell to the ground, so out of shape he could barely breathe. He shook his head in embarrassment. What had happened to him? But he didn't have time to dwell on it. He noticed there were security cameras peering down from the gate. If no one had noticed him yet, they surely would soon. He picked himself up and lumbered across the landscaped front yard toward the mansion. At the front of the house, he peeked in through the huge windows. There, he saw Blake. It had been seven years since Rodney had met the young man installing the mirror. The pimples and messy hair were gone, probably the result of expensive ceramide lotions and salon treatments. But Rodney knew that smug grin anywhere. It was him. Rodney snuck into the front door. It was unlocked for some strange reason. Blake jumped when he saw Rodney enter the kitchen. Who the F are you? He squealed. Rodney squinted, confused. You don't know, bro? Blake scanned Rodney up and down, struggling to recall his face. After a moment, he shook his head. Sorry, should I know you? Rodney glanced at the floor-to-ceiling glass windows and caught a glimpse of his reflection for the first time in years. He barely recognized himself either. He was overweight and sweaty, arms so chubby his veins were non-existent. He looked nothing like the Rodney of a few years ago. 
Rodney explained that he was the fitness trainer that had broken his workout mirror years before. Blake's eyes doubled in size. You're, you're the guy from the surveillance video? Rodney slumped a little. Yeah, that video. It ruined my life. Your mirror ruined my life, man. Blake explained that he didn't mean to ruin his life. The mirror was calibrated for the average American who desired to lose weight, certainly not a professional trainer with a perfect body. Besides, they fixed that technical glitch years ago. The young entrepreneur eyed Rodney suspiciously. Why are you here? What do you want from me? Rodney reached into his pocket and pulled out a handgun. Nah, bro. It's not what I want from you, Rodney explained. It's what I want from me. I need to take control of my life again. Blake stumbled backward in shock. Do you really need a gun to do that? Rodney wasn't listening. He was staring at his reflection in the giant windows. My whole life I ran from bullies, he said quietly as if to himself. But I'm sick of it. I'm taking a stand. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm here to reclaim my control over my body and my life. Blake's face scrunched in a look of confusion. I didn't take that from you. You broke a mirror. Maybe it was just bad luck. Rodney shook his head and raised the gun. Luck doesn't matter. Only I am in control of my life. Blake began to grovel. Please, please, you don't have to do this. Rodney's hand shook. He couldn't tell if it was fear or whether he was just that out of shape. But he steadied the pistol with both hands and zeroed in on Blake. I'm sorry. There's no other way. Rodney felt the tiny muscles of his finger tighten and squeeze the trigger. He braced for the recoil, but it didn't come. Instead, all he heard was a simple click. Rodney looked at the gun. He squeezed the trigger again, but still nothing happened. It must have jammed. I can't freaking believe this, bro, he yelled. Maybe I do have the worst luck. He released the gun's cylinder and checked the firing mechanism. Meanwhile, a few feet away, Blake opened his eyes, shocked that he was still alive. He saw what had happened. Wait, Rodney, what, what if this isn't bad luck? Maybe this is good luck. Sure, you would have gotten your revenge, but you would have gone to jail. It would have really ruined your life. How long ago did we meet? Seven years ago, right? Rodney shook his head. He'd never made the connection. Maybe you're done with it. You aren't going to jail for murder. That's good luck. You're free. Just put down the gun and we'll both forget this ever happened. Rodney stared at Blake. Maybe the pompous piece of crap was right. A power greater than himself had stopped the gun. 
Perhaps he wasn't in control of his destiny after all. Perhaps it was better not to control it. After a moment, he shook his head. I'm sorry. He stuffed the gun in his pocket and sprinted for the door, walking the entire way home. There, he opened up the garage, greeting his old workout machine, dusty and unassembled. He placed a hand on its cold steel pipes. It reminded him of the years of his life he spent waking up at 5am, working out for hours every day. For what? To prove to some kids that he wasn't fat after all? They probably didn't even remember him. It had all been a waste. Anger boiled inside Rodney, not at them, but at himself, at the machine. He picked up a nearby sledgehammer and hoisted it over his head. I hate you, he yelled at the machine. You ruined my life. Rodney swung the hammer down onto the metal. He smashed it over and over, over and over, over and over again, until he heard a voice behind him. Excuse me. Rodney turned around and saw his neighbor, Francine. Rodney wiped the tears from his eyes. Sorry, was I making too much noise? Francine smiled at him. Not at all. Is this your new workout? Looks fun. Can I join in? Rodney looked skeptically at her. Had he heard her correctly? But when she reached for the sledgehammer, he handed it to her. When they were done breaking everything in the garage, Francine handed him a hundred-dollar bill. Thanks. That was the best workout I've had in a long time. I'm so sick of technology in these machines. Is it okay if I bring some friends over tomorrow? Rodney smiled at her. Heck yeah, he said. Classes start at 5 a.m. Over the years, mirrors have occupied a place of fascination and fear in our lives. Ancient Greeks told the cautionary tale of Narcissus, who fell in love with his reflection and died as a result. Chinese mythology contends that the faces we see in mirrors are actually evil doppelgangers plotting to kill us. And of course, Romans believed that breaking a mirror brought seven years of bad luck. Our ancestors seem to miss the point, though. The danger of a mirror lurks not in the shiny object itself, but in ourselves. When we look in the mirror, we often focus on our worst parts, the blemish we think everyone will notice, the less-than-perfect skin tone, or the dark thoughts that hide inside. Perhaps the only way to beat the curse of a mirror is to love yourself unconditionally and ignore the distorted image that's reflected back. Thanks for listening to Superstitions. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. 
You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Michael Motion, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Superstitions was written by Adam De Silva, with writing assistance by Stacey Nemec and Greg Castro, fact-checking by Anya Bailey, and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. I'm Sarah Turney host of the new Spotify original from ParCast, Disappearances. Every Thursday, join me for an exploration into history's most gripping missing persons cases. Following timelines, analyzing clues, and piecing together as many answers as possible to find the truth. From prison breaks and child abductions to second chances and even murder. We'll journey through the many reasons people disappear Follow my new podcast, Disappearances, free and only on Spotify.